Joining me in the studio this morning from Rosk, we do have System of Care Coordinator Leanne Corson. Good morning, Leanne. Good morning. Also with us, Jeff McFadden, also System of Care Coordinator. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. It's good to see you both. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good. Good. You had a chance uh, to come in last month to talk about movie night. How did that showing go? Um, it went really well. The one in Galesburg, we had about 60 people in attendance. Um, the movie was phenomenal and the panel was even better so it was overall a great night and you had your showing in macomb jeff we did a uh, very good turnout about 25 to 30 people with a remarkable panel afterwards and some great questions from the audience what did you guys learn from the panel what do you think stood out the most um for th from the panel in galesburg i think the thing that stood out the most was everyone on the panel started using at the age of 14 every single one Mm -hmm. And um, they all lacked a sense of connection to their peers at the age of 14 as well. And so it was just, even though they all came from different backgrounds and had experienced completely different things, like their feelings were still the same. 14's a delicate age. Yeah, sure is. That was the same with the uh, panel in McDonough County in Macomb. They all were 14 as well. So we had seven panelists and each one of them was 14 the first time they started experimenting. And you have to wonder how does a 14 year old have access to such substances? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the movie kind of talks about that, that kids access most of the substances at school. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's concerning. Yeah. Cause that's, it's way, way too young. Uh, did any of the, the panelists, did they describe if trauma was also part of their lives? I know I learned that from you guys last month, that a lot of times the use of substance is a result of some sort of childhood trauma. Certainly. I believe if it was not mentioned, we know all the panelists you know, on a personal level, I am almost positive that each one was a result of trauma, right? Yeah, childhood trauma and um, generational, generational um, addiction or generational alcoholism. So a lot of them grew up and that's all that they knew so they thought it was normal and that's so. where they describe the cycle right yep okay well you two are doing a wonderful job trying to break that cycle and help people see a better way um, and so appreciate everything that you guys do thank, thank you. you so coming up we have community Narcan training Leanne take us through what exactly is Narcan and how how has it impacted the the epidemic of overdoses yeah, definitely. So Narcan is an opioid antagonist. So if you use an opioid, you have opioid receptors in your brain, um, and that's where like the opioids process. So if somebody is overdosing from an opioid and they're given Narcan, the overdose reverses. So all the opioids are lifted up off the opioid receptors. Um, so in 2021, over 100,000 people died due, due to a drug overdose in the United States. Um, which is a huge number. And so they saw the need for community members to carry Narcan the same way as we all get trained in CPR and we all can be trained in Narcan and how to administer Narcan. Um, and it really is a life-saving medication. Okay. And it has been used 
right here in our local communities. You were able to uh, share some numbers uh, from Galesburg or from Knox County. Do you want to go ahead and talk about those? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in Knox County, since 2017, 42 people have died to a drug overdose. And those are just the coroner numbers. So those are the ones that are dead on arrival. So that doesn't include the individuals that unfortunately pass away in a hospital. Okay, and then enter Narcan being used. Yeah, so um, we really started heavily distributing Narcan in 2021 and 2022. Um, in 2020, there were nine overdose deaths in Knox County. In 2021, there were nine overdose deaths in Knox County. And then in 2022, that dropped down to five. Okay, and you're attributing that somewhat to Narcan. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, who, who potentially has Narcan. I mean, we all we know the law enforcement does because typically your first responder is is someone who's going to be the the call from 911. Well, I would say uh well me and Leanne have it. Uh Bridgeway has it. There are certain places where there are Narcan vending machines. Just yesterday I drove a box of it to my nephew at a grocery store in Peoria so they could have it in the grocery store. Um the thing with Narcan is it's uh very small and easy to use. It's like a uh, fingernail polish bottle. It's approximately that size. And so it's easy to carry as well. Okay. And when is the training going to take place? Um, The training is going to take place on August 24th at 6 p.m. at the Galesburg Bridgeway. Okay. Where's that located? Uh, 2323 Windish Drive. Okay. And who can, how do you sign up? How do you become a part of this training? Um, you can either, uh, you can email me, you can call me, my email is leanne at bway.org, and it's really open to the community. So if you just show up, you will get trained. And that is L-E-A-N-N-C, as in cat, leanne at bway.org, as in bridgeway.org. So, yep. Okay. And that's coming up, Save a Life, Carry Narcan, um, 2323 Windus Drive in Galesburg. Do you... You said schools are a place where accessibility to substances um, happen. Do you think we'll see our schools receiving Narcan? Um, I have trained a few of the local schools in administrating Narcan. Um, They keep it with their first aid kits. Um, And sometimes it's not just about the students. Sometimes there's big basketball games. There's assemblies. Like the whole community is coming into the school. And this isn't just for like hard street drugs. Like say a grandparent takes their medication twice in one day instead of once like Narcan's going to reverse that overdose so it really is like safety for everyone Leanne I'm so glad you mentioned that I didn't even think of that you're absolutely right so we need to look at this as a whole and not as an illegal substance use issue uh, because opioids are are prescribed is that correct Yeah. yeah what are some instances where opioids are prescribed uh, surgery, uh, pain. It's a, it, it Traditionally, it was a useful medication. However, the thing with the opioid medication is the tolerance keeps building up, so you have to take more and more. And then sometimes the, the doctor will wean the person off, and they still have this uh, tendency to need it and want it for the pain. Okay. And accidents can happen, and someone can take more than what's prescribed. And, and that's in a pill form, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So very important to know this information. It, and is there any chance opioids can come off the market and not be prescribed? Or is it just always been there? Um, as far as I know, pain medication has always been a part of like medical procedure. 
and it deserves to be there. Mm -hmm. Like people have serious surgeries and they're going to need a pain medication. Sure. And really it's all about working with your doctor to safely use that medication for the time it's needed. And so um, that that's one thing is safe use of medication. Safe use of medication. And they've really like moved that way. Good, good. Yeah, because you hear about Oxy. That's yeah. the big one you hear about yeah. on the streets, right? Mm-hmm. And what do we know what that is? It's just a pain medication? Yeah, so oxycodone is a pain medication. And when it was first marketed, it was marketed as non-addictive. But it was addictive. So a whole bunch of people got addicted to it. And so these pharmaceutical companies were being sued for falsely advertising oxycodone. And now all these pharmaceutical companies that are being sued, that money is being funneled back into substance use disorder. So the way that we get free Narcan and get certain grants and can do certain things is due to the opioid o- the opioid overdose crisis. Yeah. And uh, if you're hearing the engines in the background, that is the car show as folks continue to line up their big, beautiful uh, vehicles for this big car show. We're joined by Leanne Corson and Jeff McFadden, both System of Care Coordinators with ROSC. And this is Annual International Overdose Awareness Day. You have a very special event that comes up. Yeah. So August 31st on the square in Gelsberg, we have a candlelight vigil to honor all those lives that were lost due to a drug overdose and this is such a bittersweet event because a lot of the community comes out especially family members that have lost a loved one due to overdose and they wear their in memory of shirts and they cry and like it's so good to see those families come together because you can see a connection in them because they've been through the same amount of pain but also we get to honor their loved ones even though that they pass away from the overdose like we still want to hold them up in their memory and we still want to advocate for resources and just do all the things that we can to stop individuals from passing away due to a, a drug overdose. Okay. If people need help, um, how, how do we help them? What's the best uh, way to help someone with some sort of a, an addiction that they're facing? Love, kindness, support, mm-hmm. um, you know, letting them know that recovery is possible. There are resources. There are people, not just Leanne and myself, but we have a network of people, uh, all not even just all across the state, really, in the country, where we can refer people and help them. We'll do whatever it takes. Okay. How do they get a hold of you guys? Um, you can really call the Gelsberg Bridgeway, the Macomb Bridgeway, and they'll be able to get transferred to us. Um, my email address that you gave out earlier is a really good way to get a hold of me, too. Um, Same here, Jeff M at bway.org. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys are doing really amazing things. Thank you. Uh, very, very happy to have you in our, our communities. Uh, folks, you know, get a hold of ROSC if uh, you need them or you know someone that does. And uh, like your mission statement, collaborating to build and empower communities of recovery. We can't just write people off. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Anything else you want people to know? Um, just that we'll meet you wherever you're at. And, you know, like if you've been in recovery for three years and you just feel like you're in a stagnant place and you want to go back to school or you want to do something cool or like we meet those people too because we think recovery should be fun and a, fulfill- and a fulfilling life. Right. So no matter where you're at in your recovery journey or if you're still using substances and you want to take your life to the next level, that's what ROSC is all about. Okay, I appreciate you both coming in today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Of course. That is uh, our ROSC 
part of Bridgeway, West Central Illinois Rosk Recovery Oriented System of Care. Jeff McFadden and Leanne Corson, they are your System of Care coordinators. 